And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you got all that I need. Dimsey hits Davin Fee. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colin Coyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Garrity and meet of the football champions. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the We Are Meat podcast. Uh, we're reduced in numbers this week. We don't have uh, the one and only Mr. Brian Kelly. He's otherwise engaged, but we do have David Rispin from the Rispin blog, and we have, of course, Kieran Flynn, the County Board PRO. Lads, uh, good to see you, and I suppose, uh, how are you feeling today? David, we'll go to you first. How are you feeling? Yeah, I'm 100%. Yeah, fresh. Yeah, good stuff. And Kieran, how, how are you feeling? Uh, reasonable, just maybe not a hundred percent, but reasonable. Okay, then we'll look. We'll uh, say no more about we'll, my, we'll not my private life. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing private in here. So no, there's, no. Not, there's nothing private <laughs> in here. Well, look, lads. Um, I suppose a disappointing weekend for both the uh, mead teams in uh, the hurling in the Alliance uh, League, and of course of, for the footballers in the Alliance Division Two Round Two game against Donegal. But we will uh, come back to do those in a few minutes. We're going to give a roundup of the All County Football League that took place. On the weekend, similar to last week, lads, what I'll do is I'll go through Division 1, pick out a couple of results that uh, stood out for you, and uh, we will um, we'll discuss them maybe at, at, at length. So, in Division 1, Dunamore Ashburn, 3 goals and 13 points, Summerhill, a goal and 8, big win there for Dunamore Ashburn. Uh, Wolf Tones, 1 goal and 14, Sidden, 1-9, Gail Column Kill, 2-9, Rathoth, 7 points. Screened eight points, Dunshockland eight points, Simonstown one thirteen, Nafina two goals and six, uh, Oldcastle three goals and twelve, St Peter's Dunboyne one goal and fifteen, and then Navan O'Matneys two goals and fourteen, Minalvi four points. So I suppose David, we'll go to you first. Any of those fixtures uh, stick out for you? <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, it has to be the Oldcastle uh, Dunboyne game. It was a. Uh... It was an incredible game by all accounts, um, by the sounds of it and reading reports and stuff, like they were they were being bet out the gate as as yeah, you probably ten, ten points down at one stage, old yeah, I think ten nil on and scores. I know there was a bit of a breeze and stuff, but that's an incredible turnaround. And it's not as if you know, you might think uh, A League's early on off on Dunboyne probably missing a good few. Obviously they were missing, you know, a couple of the Mead lads, but after like Gavin McCoy came home and played for it, they had um Connor Doran, um who else have we? Michael Dunn, Robbie McCarthy, all them kind of guys played. You know, they're household names at this stage and it's kind of, it's it's nearly like that FA Cup tie in the third round where one of the big hitters goes to one of the non-league or lower league clubs and Millbrook was the venue, real kind of Amphitheater. country, yeah, rural <laughs> setting and... Uh, like Millwall or something. Yeah, like yeah. Or something, and it? it was just a real, real incredible um, comeback and a stunning result for Oldcastle. I think Paddy Gilson was rolling back the years, a man in the match display. Um, really good result. People looked at it and they probably said Oldcastle and Sidden, you know, two, I won't say average intermediate teams going up to Division 1, but two teams who wouldn't be, 
you know, possibly challenging at intermediate level. Going up to Division 1, Sidon got a point against Manalvi last week and Oldcastle this week um, getting a win against Dunboy in the senior champions is an incredible achievement for them. It is indeed when you consider uh, the result last week from from uh, Dunboyne's game, uh, you know, to go out this week and, as you said, to go down to Oldcastle. Oldcastle, I, I know they haven't won an intermediate championship but for the last few years they have been pushing and we've, mm-hmm. we've at the start of last year we did um, point out that they would be one of the teams they're just not getting uh, getting out of that intermediate championship for one reason or another and I suppose Ballinlock was one of the big yeah. reasons last year yeah well they'd be delighted to see the back of Ballinlock both <laughs> in league and championship this year um, but no look at sometimes a result like that can actually be the catalyst for a team that are probably struggling to find a formula to to be successful and they're mm. one of them teams in intermediate when you come up against them you're probably thinking this would be a scalp if we beat Oldcastle today because they're one of the favourites every yeah, year in the intermediate absolutely. but for them probably the shoes on the other foot every game bar Sidden they play in Division 1 this year they're going to be underdogs Yeah, and that sort of approach to a game could actually serve them well when it comes to championship if that if that makes sense. Well, it will as well, and, and playing against a higher graded team in Division One is definitely going to stand to them going into the championship later on in the year. But uh, Kieran, uh, just uh, to ask you as well, um, did any of those results stand out for you in Division One? Uh, I think again, Gail Colin Kill just showing they're ever steady in the league, absolutely uh, flying at this time of the year. Uh, probably the other one maybe was screened and Shockland. Eight points apiece is quite low actually when you look at the scoring of the other games. Off lot of goals in the in the league this weekend, but eight all there, so I'd say it was quite a dogged affair. Maybe I don't know, maybe the three hand pass rule we brought in for that game. Maybe the next time they play. Dunmore Ashburn for me, uh, a great win for them against Summerhill, um, three thirteen to one eight. Uh, for when you consider their previous result from the week beforehand, uh, losing out to Dunshockland, only scoring a goal in four, so reversing. Uh, um, uh, their fortunes the following week, but the one that stands out for me as after the the the, the old castle game is Navino Matneys. Navino Matneys, I said it last week, lads. Great result for them last week, uh, and they've followed it on. They bet old castle last week, two thirteen to six points. It was a thirteen point win for Navino Matneys, and then this week they go out two fourteen uh, to Minalvi's four points. Defensively, they look strong. And then going forward, kicking two fourteen in one week, and then uh, what was it two thirteen the week before? Mm. Kevin you know, Riley's trying to make Navin great again. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, it's great to see them uh, back uh, uh, win uh, on winning ways. So, but but they they have a serious um, they're going to have a serious forward line, I'd imagine, come championship. They've Rory O'Quill on back in the fold. I think Alan Ford is getting a bit closer to fitness as well. Shane Gillespie, the yeah. Bray brothers, still doing it. Um, and they have a new signing in from Galway, Oshin O'Brien, I think. So um, he's he's supposed to be Watch a decent prospect. Um, that was that was just at the end of the January. Transfer. Yeah, that was <laughs> a deadline day <laughs> move. Yeah. yeah. So um, look at O'Matney's. He'll be in decent Nick come championship. I'd say. Oh, absolutely, O'Matney's uh, looking to come back up to winning ways uh, in championship terms. In Division Two, St Pat's won twelve, trim two goals and seven. Meath Hill won ten, St Michael's won nine. Delique Bellews Town 2-6, Carner Ross 7 points, St Colum Kills 3-19, Bechtiv 10 points, Nobber 2-12, Dundery 1-10, Centralstown 5-11, Curraha 2-7 and Radkenny 2-7, Ballinabracky 9 points. Kieran, any of those results stick out for you? Uh, Mead Hill showing again that they're a tough team to play. I remember they, they've had taken a lot of scalps up there in Mead Hill. Great, like nobody, nobody likes to go up there. 
I remember years ago, uh, ref in a B League match was Clonard v Mead Hill, and I had to meet the Clonard team in the village in Dumcondra. Didn't have a clue where they were going, so I think they have half the teams bet before they even get there. <laughs> they're, in, they're just exhausted from travelling. Like. <laughs> um, David, for you, what result stands out? In yeah, two I would have said Mead Hill as well. Uh, that was a last gasp uh, when I think 63rd minute penalty, Mark Tully got to win it in that one. But uh, I suppose elsewhere, Rakenny going, making the the long trek to Balnebracchi, a similar one to Mead Hill, Balnebracchi. Three-day camel ride yeah. from <laughs> They started last Thursday and they just got there for Sunday morning, but that's a good win for them. Um, elsewhere, I suppose, in Column Kills putting up another big score. Yeah. Uh, they seem to be doing well. They'll be obviously one of the favourites along with Central Centre probably come out of Division 2. <laughs> yeah, Central Centre with a big win there against Curraha. Um, that one, but the one that stood out for me was Dundry again going down to a second loss in two weeks. Mm. Uh, Nobber 2-12, Dundry 1-10 and looks like Dundry are going to struggle this year with Paddy Canelli gone and few players just uh, not at full fitness at the moment, so that's one to watch. It'll be an interest in Division 2. In Division 3, Waterstown 1 goal and 7, Blackhall Gales 7 points, Drumbarra 1, 13, Kilmainham 5 points, Minalti 9, Dunsany 5, we'll come back to uh, Curran for that one in a minute, St Vincent's 2 goals and 12, Beliver 1, 6, Ballinlock 1, 14, Longwood 1, 8, Senior uh, Team, uh, senior championship team Longwood going down to two defeats in a, in two weeks in Division 3 Castletown 1-11 and St Dalton's 1-9 and David we'll go to you first this time which one stands out for you is it going to be the one that I just mentioned Longwood and Ballinlock yeah I think I think it probably has to be Um, I don't think the alarm bells will be going off in Longwood just yet I mean they're, they're missing so many between the hurlers and footballers but at the, in the same breath I mean they're after going down to a junior team last week in Dunsany and an intermediate team this year a reverse of the final um, they'll be a little bit concerned I'd imagine it's still very early days but th- they'll want to start picking up results at the end of the day they are a senior team and they are still playing their trade in Division 3 so that'll be that'll be a nice one for Ballinlock they'll take a little bit of revenge from that one yeah and he never even mentioned St Dalton's losing there to Castletown we go on to Kieran Kieran what results stood out for you in Division 3 uh, Dunbarra Clemenham, of course, uh, Kells Parish. Even though they might, they don't like saying that too much. Maybe north and south side of, of the of the town, but <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's like the a teams gang. that play together at juvenile level, so they're always very close and they're playing applying their trade with each other. Drumbarra, Drumbarra moving well this year yeah. already, and there's good vibes coming out of Drumbarra. Hmm. They seem to be strong, and they're. I know, like you have to take that with the pinch of salt because Mickey Newman's not there, but it still is a, a big win in the league, and it shows, as you said, progress has been made. Yeah, Minaldi sitting at the top of. Dublin don't say anything next week, so hopefully not too much progress next week. <laughs> Just stunted for one week. We'll see how far their progress yeah, is yeah. next year, next <laughs> week. So, uh, Minaldi and St Vincent's and Castleton all sitting at the top of Division 3 on maximum points, four points from two games. In Division 4, Clannard 13 points, St Mary's one goal and 10. Uh, Drumcondrath uh, 3 11, St Bridget's three goals and three. Moyla, four goals and ten. Cortown, that's the um, second team out there in Bohemian. 12, <laughs> 12 points. Kilbride, one goal and twelve. The worst Cla- thing yet. I think that's the worst thing yet. one goal and eleven. Slade, three goals and twelve. And Boards Mill, one goal and, le- and, and fourteen. So as we go to you this time, Kieran. Kieran, what results stands out the most for you in that Division 4? Well, I'll leave one, today, one other one today, but, but I think the Kilbride, Clandagale game. Uh, disappointed Clonagale have seen have dropped down the divisions in championship and league over the years and they don't seem to be making much progress with their Gaelic football. Like when they came down from the intermediate football championship a few years back, there was talk of them being immediate 
winners and they're turning up it's never really worked out for them and they've fallen down the leagues and I know Kilbride are another team making progress but yeah. Clonagale like and like they'd have a great tradition and they like especially when it's the the old Gale talk and that boy like they should be a lot better in Division 4 football I don't know what maybe they, I know they've a lot of lads have emigrated I know a lot of the lads used to play and they're it's not too many of them carrying sticks maybe well, <laughs> they're not doing overly well, when you look at when you look at as you said, look you look at the population of that boy and, and, and uh, the surrounding area, the Rakan, the Gaeltucht area, you know, they really should be uh, pushing on. Um but they did fall to Kilbride, a good up and coming young Kilbride team though it has to be said. Um David, uh for yourself, uh what result sticks out the most for you in that uh, or which one hurts you the most <laughs> i don't know it's either us losing or jim Condra winning i don't know which <laughs> but uh no look at uh, we the, the scoreline's probably harsh on us on um yesterday we we were pointed up with 10 minutes to go and had a man sent off and um another one that's two weeks in a row isn't yeah it? same guy won't be named but he'll be named at the county board beat <laughs> <laughs> no two yellows look at um another two yellows again yeah yeah he does it right in fairness to him but uh, the, game, the following time is that how it works I think there's something like that you get I'm not sure I'm not a referee well, no, no, well he's after bringing it up for everybody to hear so yeah. there'll so be questions asked in the, in the league <laughs> I don't know just so all the division four teams to contact your local CCC ref are you finished <laughs> uh, no look we were well in the game up till 10 minutes ago we went down to 14 men um, and Mylar are a very decent side they were I think quarter finalists last year and mm-hmm. finalists the year before that Sean Riley Tommy Riley good players at that level um, so look we're not sending out panic stations either yet it, it, where did you play yourself uh, you again? Again. and how did you get on good yeah I didn't score but this week yeah. I got all good but I didn't score yeah it was, I, I was fouled a good I, bit I there. got all good I set up seven <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> pretty much yeah it was one of them games to be fair like the pitch pitch was rock hard we arrived to Myla um, and, and Myla I think is the highest point in Mead is it mm. and the pitch was absolutely rock hard we had to wait we did the warm up we didn't even put on the jerseys until the referee arrived um, 20 past 11 they warmed up without their jerseys on yeah, that's how tough these cartoon boys are. They only put their jerseys on before the game yeah. started. So right? we waited on the referee who who arrived 15 minutes late and um, he, he looked at the pitch, even though it looked quite dangerous. He thought, game on. He says the game, the pitch in the Valley Buffet the night before was a lot worse. So the game went ahead. Hard, did you say it was yeah, no, the pitch in Valley Buffet was bad, but the pitch in Milo was uh, twice as bad. But look at the game went ahead and thankfully no one picked up any sin- serious injuries as a result. No sour grapes there, that's the main Ooh. thing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting, interesting. Well, let's hope that that's inquiry into a lot of them, a lot of the things out there, isn't <laughs> A man sent off uh, dubiously. Um, no, no, I didn't say dubiously. <laughs> Two yellows, he deserved to go. go I'm, just looking up, I'm just looking up the referee's name now to give him a text for the next day, you know. <laughs> well, that's the roundup from uh, the four divisions. Um, of the All-County Football League. It is only week two of the All-County Football League. There's plenty of football to be played in them uh, as of yet. And as David Rispin says, there's no paddock stations in Cortown or any of the other clubs at the moment, but they will start looking to pick up points in the coming weeks. I suppose, <laughs> lads, we'll move on um, and we'll go to the small ball first. And it was Mead taking on Antrim. This game played in Trim on Saturday afternoon, I believe. Um, and it was Antrim who came away with a win here. It was a gallant display from the Mead lads. Came back in the second half to draw level 
with uh, time up and uh, Antrim snatching a winner um, just after that. It was three goals and 13 to Antrim, two goals and 15 to Mead. And uh, Kieran, uh, uh, judging from what I've heard, there's a little bit of a scandal at the at the end of this game of some sort. Yeah, and of course we can only, as Mead men, we can only talk about kind of what our side of the story. But from what I've told and from talking to some of the players, the the free tackle at the end, uh, Jack Regan was told that that was the final puck of the game. That if you take that, if you score this, that's game over. So Jack dutifully stood up, uh, prepped himself, took the, scored a goal. That was we were three points behind, scored the goal, and then all of a sudden there's a puck out and it goes up the field and Antrim get another point, win the game by one. So the referee immediately contradicted himself, but I know referees are always advised they should never say how long is left. They should only say how long is played because that's a fact. If you say there's thirty eight minutes played, no one can dispute that. But when you say there's one puck left and you don't and you or don't sorry, when there's no puck and you allow it, I don't know. They're not they're not too happy about it, especially when. That Antrim team is a lot better than the team that would have played in the Christie Ring final, so it's shown a bit of progress, thankfully, for Ireland. Yeah, and, and, and to come back the way they did, um, as well as just to give the scores, Regan got 1-4, um, a goal from uh, that penalty, and, or that, that free in the last puck, practically the last puck of the game, unfortunately it wasn't. Um, Douglas uh, um, and O'Grady got a, a piped each, um, and so did Keane, actually. Uh, Alan Douglas uh, was in there and then Kelly got three points. Healy with a goal and uh, Hanrahan, oh, Hanrahan with six points. Who's so Hanrahan? He's the he footballer Curraha as well. Podge, Parker, Hanrahan. Oh, Parker. Good taught, lad. Yeah, right. are taught, yeah. Curraha, oh. footballer. He's good at a free taker too now, must be said. Yeah, five frees in a 65. Um, uh, and uh, Alan Douglas actually received the Club Nami Hurl of the Year award as well to go with his county board one. So it was a bit of a, a nice day for him. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But uh, it's back to the drawing board for me. After that one point loss, it would have been two draws in in two weeks had they got that yeah. uh, draw, and they would have been uh, just going on nicely because the the main team in that division would be Westmead. Yeah, and that's tough. They got a, a right trimming on that in the Q Cup, so it's going to be tough for Ireland. But the you know you said the league they want to get up the leagues to obviously get better games to improve overall because they want to be one of the favourites for the Chris Ring this year. And they want to win that and get up to the Joe McDonough again. So you need to be playing the highest league possible. Because it took them an awful long time to get out of a 2B league. So it's great that they're in 2A, but they need to make sure that they're not going, going up and down every year. They need to get up the divisions, not down them. Absolutely. And then we're going to move on anyway to the main event on the weekend, which was the Alliance League Division 2 football round 2 game between Mead and Donegal. Played in Bally Buffet Saturday night, 7 o'clock. Very, very cold, cold evening up in Donegal, David. And uh, I suppose the result didn't help. It was a, a wonderful display from Mead. And, and I suppose it's you have to say it, you have to call it, maybe it was a clangor that cost Mead um, uh, that game on the night. Yeah, yeah, Kieran, Kieran just his hand in his face. Just scratching my face. Eh? <laughs> um, no, it was, a, it was a performance to warm the hearts of the Mead faithful, and there was there was plenty of Mead supporters up there, which was also great to see. Um, poor turnout from the locals, but Mead were excellent from start to finish. Um, well, possibly not finished. Last ten minutes was um, where we where we let the game go. But look, we went two points to no score down, and the response was emphatic from Mead. Um, it was it was. It was a different type of mead than we've seen in the last four or five years. I thought they played with a with a sort of freedom and a swagger to their game that there was a purpose to their play as well. Um, the way we carried the ball and the way we attacked, sort of 
the direct run in which we often associate with players like Killian O'Sullivan and Graham Riley was present by pretty much all of the players. That was st- that stemmed from our half back line, the three guys, um Squealer Kane, Donald Keogan and um James McEntee really set the tone for that. They were constantly sort of emulating what Ryan McHugh does for Donegal, bombing up and down the field and we had perfect men off the shoulder. Um, Ethan Devine was very good, but it was Dara Campion was probably our best forward on the night. He kicked three from play. He was exquisite. Um, kicked one with the outside of his right boot in the first half was, yeah, the, was, the, last, was yeah. the score of the night, I thought. And and generally, midfield was outstanding as well. Worked so hard. Shane McAtee got two points. I think Brian Menton got a point as well. Um, and and everything was right barren, the then result, which we saw... You know, thoroughly would have deserved, and that's why it's so disappointing and frustrating for me. Supporters walking away. You don't mind a good performance, but if the better team won, you'll take it on the chin. It's harder to take a defeat when you know you were the better team yeah. over the seventy minutes. Now, I was talking to a couple of people on Sunday uh, from Donegal, and they were saying that like you know they stole that game from me, and and it it came down. I don't know. Most people would have seen the goal either if they were there or if they saw it on the Sunday, uh, the the league Sunday um, highlights where the ball comes in, I think it was uh, Conor McGill shielded the, the Donegal player away, the ball's going in behind him for Colgan to pick up and as Andrew Colgan goes for the ball he just kind of stopped and that left the room for the Donegal player to come in and just snatch the goal just poke the ball mm. through his legs and it's disappointing because they had, they had really had, Mead hadn't really put a foot wrong no. in that whole game up until then. Yeah, Mead were, Mead were comfortable there were four points up, five minutes to go Barring a goal, there was no way Donegal were, were getting a result out of the game. Yeah. Defend, the defence was, again, yeah. absolutely incredible. And even the ball that went in, it was an outside-the-boot ball in, but it wasn't that well struck even. And Conor really? McGill did Old the right thing. Old just going to hit the yeah. like. Conor McGill shielded his man and kind of left it for Andy Colgan to come out and take it. It seemed, possibly, look, he didn't have a whole pile to do in the game. Maybe he was caught on his toes a little bit. He seemed to come, stop, come again, and there was a little flick went under his legs and the ball was in the back of the net and suddenly Donegal had all the momentum and impetus only a point down plenty of time there was five minutes to go plus five injury Yeah, they were the team in the ascendancy now in saying that the tears that, were up and yeah, the, the momentum was with them after that goal went they got level and went ahead but in saying that Mead still had chances that the, you know poor Wides kicking the ball into the keeper's hands Mickey Newman who, who we spoke about last week being so unerring accurate from freeze last week against um, Tipperary kick four into the keeper's hands right difficult night for freak taking you'll appreciate that yeah, yourself cold ball cold night yeah but we cold were t- toes. Yeah. cold toes <laughs> but chances like that have to be taken like realistically Mead should have been out of sight even with the Donegal goal we let them back into the game they had the, the home crowd behind them and everything and it was just it was just a disaster in the end well what we'll do now is what we'll do it's it's coming of becoming a feature of the of the shows. What we'll do is we'll mark the players out of ten. So I suppose we'll go through them all, uh, one by one. Um, we'll get your your assessment of them. Andrew Colgan out of ten. What would he get this week? Um, five. I thought kickouts were were pretty good again. Um, but the mistake was just you know unfortunately for him it was crucial in the in the final. And at a crucial time of the game where yeah. Mead weren't able to you know um. Get, they didn't have time to come back into it so I'd say yeah five uh, I'd say that's a, 
fair fair enough assessment. Although he was his kickouts and everything were excellent before that, but that's just one uh, uh, mark against him, I suppose. Um, we'll go on then to Seamus Lavin. Um, and I know like the the defend the defenders were brilliant again this week. Yeah, it's kind of I'm gonna give him a seven, and that's probably harsh. Like you can early you can early give all the defenders eights, but I thought Seamus was actually. A little bit more reserved in his attack and play than he was possibly in Tipperary, which was obviously you're going away to Donegal. You have to be a little bit more reserved. You can't have cornerbacks flying up and down the field every time. Mm-hmm. But he was very solid, did his job well, and um, yeah, another good performance from him. Conor McGill? I'd give McGill an eight. I thought he was outstanding. Superb. Yeah. It looked, uh, 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 you know, even the way he shielded that ball in for Colgan, McGee, mm-hmm. held off the player really, really strong. Um, it just didn't come up. Ronan Ryan? Seven as well, another superb outing from you know it's own it's only a second competitive game for Mead. He was brilliant the first day, superb again. He looks to really have fitted in, taken the jersey, and it's it's almost as if he doesn't want to hand it back. It's his, and he's going to hold on to it. James McIntyre eight, possibly borderline nine actually. We'll put in an eight point five. Yeah, this yeah, week. He was, we'll he give was, a point five this week. Uh, well, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, he was, he was point seven five. Even are we going in quarters? <laughs> he was, he was unbelievable. Um, up and down the field, actually, give him a nine. Now that I think he was our best player, you have to give him a nine. I don't and know what, uh, what much more he could do. Well, you know, Kogan as well was on an awful lot of ball, and we're coming on to him next at centre back. Um, on an awful lot of ball, uh, just orchestrating the whole thing. Played really well at centre back. What are you going to mark him? At? I'd give him an eight. The, the best thing about Kyogen is he's that experience at this stage and he has two relatively young lads. James McIntyre's only 23 years of age and Squealer's the same. Both relatively new. I know James is there a few years and Neil's just into the panel now. Mm-hmm. But he's the perfect um, sort of character to have in between two kind of novices at this level. He's an absolutely... He doesn't... I feel he doesn't get the credit he deserves on, on a wider scale, let's say, in the country. And me, everybody knows how good he is. Mm-hmm. But... Further afield, people might not know who Donald Kogan is, but when you watch him, you can't help but be impressed. We probably just haven't had enough of a, a run at the national, as in we haven't got a run in the qualifiers or got to a Super 8 where he can really showcase his mm. talent. Because we talk like kind of different lads, the Monaghan teams and other things in Super 8s, like he'd well be able to be a cornerback on any team in Ireland, yeah. and even definitely wing back or centre back on any team. So, yeah, I know we're, we're, we're big fans of him, and I think the more and more Mead improve, hopefully, people will agree with us. Yeah. Absolutely. Niall Kane? Um, eight as well. Superb d- attacking display as well. He always gives Picked us an up outlet. a couple of points. Yeah, yeah. He's, he looks comfortable going forward <laughs> and taking on the responsibility of shooting. And that's something that we probably haven't had in recent years. Our, our half-back line attacking and actually feeling comfortable to go in and contribute on the mm. scoreboard, which is something that so other teams has, do. That's one of his main attributes on yeah. the Simonstown team, is that he is so good at getting forward. He joins a lot of attacks late breaks a, a line and he ends up in that scoring area around the D with nobody near him yeah. you know in, in, in five ten yards of space with an easy tap over the bar and it's just something he's become really good yeah. at, at making for himself you know that, that little bit, bit of space yeah it's a knack and, and you'll remember the, the goal against screen last year in the championship for Simon Sound yeah. it was probably the goal of the season yeah, in, the, in the senior championship and that's exactly what you said he started the attack from deep Ran on. He has that pace and power. No one's going to track him. Uh, you know. You know yourself. If yeah. you're a wing forward, you're not going to keep up with a guy like that. And it's fantastic. Yeah, it's fantastic to see. And he has the engine to get up and back, like James on on the far side, which is great to see. We're just looking through our defense from one to seven. Um, 
and the scores have pretty much stayed the same as last week. Um, with a nine going in there for James McEntee. Our half back line all scoring a nine eight and eight. Last week it was a seven eight eight, and then the full back line this week is a seven eight seven. Last week it was eight seven eight. So the only one uh, down on last week really, if you do it by lines, is is the goalkeeper. So um, look, it was just an unfortunate error for Andrew Colgan. If you'd like to advertise on the We Are Mead podcast, please get in contact with us by emailing wearemead at gmail.com or contact Damien on 085-1127-089. The We Are Mead podcast, because it matters more. I'm going to go on to midfield. And Brian Menton uh, in midfield. Yeah, very good again. Um, seven, I'd say, for Mento. He was, um, he was everywhere, kind of... It's, it's funny, he sort of... In, in a sense that Shane McAtee probably they complement each other well Shane McAtee does more of the attacking side of the work whereas Brian Menton kind of carries the ball from the defence and transfers it to the forwards now not saying he did get forward and kicked a great score himself and he mm-hmm. has that in his game but at this stage Mento is really moulding into a good midfielder for us yeah and, 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 and it leaves it that you know he, he could let McAtee do all the hard running and just as I mentioned and we're on to Shane McAtee now uh, Another wonderful display from Shane McIntyre at midfield. Yeah, you couldn't fault him. I, I'd give him an eight. Um, came forward, kicked two points. Uh, really contributed um, in, in so many ways. Both, look, he has that defence background as well, so he can get back and mop up ball. Yeah. But it's the way he can link the play and, and carry on his run. And he's added that scoring dimension to his game, which he probably didn't have. He was a bit erratic in his shooting last season. He's probably just finishing, like similar to Squealer Kane. He's finishing up, just getting in the in the last pocket like and getting some of the easier scores which is like you say that they're easy but like it's not that easy to get in the locations no like, that's yeah. it like they, they, they yeah. look easy but yeah. they've th- what I'm saying is that in, in the mass defence like against yeah. Donegal they can still find this I thought space. they don't play the blanket Brian said that last week there's no blankets in well Brian's not here to, this week to defend oh we call it the, the can, can, actually can we just ask you was there was there <laughs> a lot of uh, blanket defence going on by Donegal well clearly not when, when you look at the scores we got they were all seemingly on the run actually that's if you compared that Donegal team um, Saturday night to the Donegal team that say won the All Ireland, <laughs> I don't know. Is there fifteen men behind the ball at all? No, it's barely a flan net sheet now. Mother of God! Um, Ryan Kelly might have been half right then, was he? No, he wasn't. He wasn't anywhere right. <laughs> no. He was as right about that as he was about being O'Hanlon. So there was. <laughs> so there was. So there was a lot of defenders, is what you're saying on the Donegal side. I, I don't really know I, I, I thought me if there was defenders they weren't really doing their job as good as um, as good as they should have been we'll move on anyway uh, we're number 10 um, in in place of Graham Riley yeah. was Ethan Devine starting again second week in a row and uh, he gave a good of account of himself this week yeah I was happy for him I thought look at last week uh, he, he was quiet and he was quite poor and it was probably a surprise for many to see him actually I know he wasn't named to start but to actually start and I think he, he talked about it last week that it was important that these kind of guys are we keep the faith with them and we give them more opportunities because lads can get to start and particularly young lads like Ethan he's got such a big physique um, big man long stride and he walked his socks off he ran himself into the ground came off scored a lovely point yeah kicked a nice point missed another one on his left boot probably needs a little bit of work but really really good all round display and um, I give him a 7 
course, he's a hurler as well, which never hurts to have a dual fella. The guts <laughs> yeah, in them boys, just, you know? Again, don't give him a stick. That's what I always <laughs> say. And then uh, centre forward, Ben Brennan. He was whipped off at half time, and Killian O'Sullivan came on for him. Um, wasn't probably his better game, one of his better games? No, I'm, I'm not sure. Was there any injury or, or anything like that? I seen him togged out um, coming out for the second half. Look, it was a typical Ben Brennan display. He was industrious, working hard. Probably just get, as you said, didn't go his way, didn't get on enough ball and make things happen in the in an attacking sense. Um, so probably a six for me, for Ben. No worries at all. Then we'll move on. And Brian McMahon came in at wing forward in place of... Um, who was, or Killian O'Sullivan. Killian O'Sullivan mm. is right, yeah. And Killian O'Sullivan then come on at half time. So he, 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 Brian McMahon started in, in place of... Um, O'Sullivan, how to bring it on? Yeah, he started. First. He started quietly. Uh, took him a, a while to get into the game, but when he did, he's he's such a good ball winner. He has that pace to get out in front. Sometimes he has a tendency to take the ball into the tackle, and he's not the biggest of guys. Yeah. So, but once he gets out in front and gives himself enough time to take players on, or, or you know, pass it and go again, he's very dangerous. And as the game wore on, he kept he became more important for me. He kind of became that focal point of the full forward line, making runs that, from deep. He has that athleticism as well. Yeah. You know, as the game goes on and people are tiring, he's probably only getting going. Yeah. He's just got that athlete about I, him. I, I'm not sure he got a score, but he definitely deserved one. I'd give Brian a seven. Very good. So we're going to move on now to our full forward line, Derek Campion. Um, said it last week. You know, um, I think he's going to be a huge player for Mead. He scored him a seven last week, and uh, I think he came out and did a little bit better this week. Yeah, he? he has to get an eight. I think this week, um, he was good last week, but sort of faded. You know, as the game wore on last week, he was outstanding. Or <laughs> last week, last Saturday, Saturday night, yeah, he was he was unbelievable. Um, it was. He kind of lived up to the hype. People have been talking about Dara Campion for a while now and he's going to be the next big thing. And I, I, I'd always warn kind of that with caution, these kind of young lads, you have to... But he is though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah there he is. Um, but no, fantastic. There's one of them supporters. Yeah. Are of yeah. But kick three points was our best forward on the night. The the one with the outside the boot, I know we've already talked about. That was worth the admission fee alone. It was a savage yeah. score. Um, and, and worked his socks off. A bit like Ethan Devine came off, literally had nothing left in the tank left it all out there and outstanding display yeah brilliant great to see uh, these young lads doing so well Mickey Newman at full forward um, 7 for Mickey this week um, kicked 2 points from play 2 good scores as well but it was his free taking which was so good last week let him down a little bit difficult night for free taking and the frees that he was presented with weren't easy. you know as easy as the ones he got against Tipperary the, the ones against Tipperary might have been at a slight angle but they were 14 to 21 yards out predominantly yeah. the ones against Donegal we're all about 45 yards out, give or take. Frosty night out of the hands, difficult enough. And he just wasn't getting the trajectory on the freeze. And With they were the Say it again, Gwen. Tra- <laughs> <laughs> trajectory. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> but and, and possibly, in hindsight, Mead might have started looking short from some of them freeze. Yeah. Like, there was four, I think, that were in and around the 45 or maybe li- a little bit beyond it. That maybe a short pass and just keep possession at the time might have might have been the better option when we were protecting a lead but look at Mickey's Mickey's uh, going to be a huge player for us this year um, he's an excellent ball winner and he's so composed on the ball too he can come out around midfield get on the ball relax things and yeah. bring others into the game and he's that's strong one of, on the ball yeah. he can hold a fella off and take a solo and, and he's so casual on it too yeah. Yeah. He's, he's exceptionally photogenic as well I've just copped this from our new photographer right, Brian Mulligan who's come in on the PR committee to take a photograph for him he's doing a great job 
I didn't see in our, our new Flickr account and we'll have a gallery on our, on our website upcoming that basically all the photos of him taking freeze and shots he has a great wind up he just looks the part when he takes the freeze so it's just I don't know is that photogenic or is he is he probably I'm not saying he's going to yeah. be a model or anything like that but he, he just maybe if Mickey is listening he might he's, just he's he working on a, that home he could be a model free taker there we go <laughs> <laughs> but just I think some of the other lads need to maybe just get their poses a bit better if they yeah. want to get in the programmes in future yeah, no tongue out there or no, anything no, like that no. proper just get the, get the smile and the kind of yeah. like Mickey works on the great man now I think there's a potential he might be on the cover this weekend now it's just a very photogenic man, you know. Depends on what he pays you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then the last of the starting 15 was Tommaso Riley from Wolf Tones. And uh, he had a generally uh, good game from play and uh, out in front winning ball, um, yeah. looking good. That's something that I love to see a corner forward doing is winning their own ball. A dirty ball that's coming into you and hanging low and hard and you're able to hold on to it. And Tommaso Riley was able to yeah, do it. He's a real workhorse. He's a big lad, but as you said, he's well able to win his ball. He's probably... A little bit different in the sense he's not as quick as Brian McMahon would be, but he's a lot stronger, you know, upper body than Brian McMahon is, and he's very cute. There was one stage in the second half. Just we're talking photographs, though. Or no, talking, no, uh, cute, be sure, though, a I, cute footballer yeah. hero. Um, <laughs> just be sure on the same topic. There was though. one, and he was, he was gassed. We'd say I was going to say something else, <laughs> but he was out of he was out of juice, and uh, he he drew a free in. He wasn't getting to the ball. But there was a little hand on the back and he knew to go down, won a free at the time. Just smart things like that. Kicked a good few points. Really good at holding the ball up. Now he had a chance, a gilt edge chance on his left boot. I know weaker foot. But he, yeah, he, he would have been disappointed to miss it at the time. And that kind of was, that summed up Mead's evening in the end. But um, yeah. I'd give I'd give Tomas um, a seven. Seven. Well, like looking at the scores there again and looking through the whole lot, you know, the, the, they had a great display last week against Tipperary. In like in the first round, of the league is never easy. But they they went out and were very professional in the way they they went about their game and and finished off so strongly. You look at the game against Donegal again, uh, a massive game against Donegal. As I said last week, uh, um, uh, here on the on the on the podcast, and I said it on Twitter, that game against Donegal wasn't going to define Meade's league campaign. Because I think that Donegal will beat every team in that league. So that means you just scratch off that game. Mm. But if you got a draw or a win, it was a bonus. So you can't really uh, look at that game and be disappointed. But what you have to take from it is the positives. And Jesus, m- looking down through it, these players have set a bar for themselves. They're all scoring seven eights. So they are week in, week out. And if you can keep that level of performance week in, week out, you know, you're only going to get better. And it can only bode well for them. Like, we don't want to see. There's there's one five this week and last week there was one six. Mm. Um, we had a six this week. Is and we had one six this week. So yeah. a six and a five this week and two sixes last week's uh, last in last week's. Everybody else is hitting eights and sevens and and there's a nine there for James McAvee. So if they can keep that level of performance up, we don't want to see three defenders having sixes or fives mm. and and two forwards having sixes or fives. Mm. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. um, I I I am really happy. You know, it it at looking at those stats that we're giving them, you know that kind of way because we're setting the bar and we're saying right, well he's capable of playing to that level now. If he drops down from that level next week, he's going down to a six or a five or you know what I mean. Like so, it's it's up to these players to keep that level of performance up. Just to go through the subs, Killian O'Sullivan came on at half time. Yeah, Killian, Killian, and uh, came on at half time, and I didn't think he had the 
impact, the same impact he had against Tipperary, which isn't, you know, taken away from him. Um, difficult game to come into, probably a difficult night to yeah. come into a game like that. Absolutely you know, sub zero, trying to warm up and get himself right for the second half. Took him a little while to get into the game, so six. It's not bad for a substitute. Um, I'm going to go to Graham Riley as well. Yeah, Graham, sort of the same. Um, came on midway through the second half and hard to score him really yeah hard that. to score Killian's probably the only one you could realistically score because he got a half you know um, yeah. Graham come on was quiet though as well by his high standards yeah so Graham Riley and Killian and Sullivan then Mickey Burke come on with a, with a couple of minutes to go yeah. we're not going to mark Mickey He's, he wasn't on the pitch long enough but the, I wanted to leave the other two to last Jason Scully and James Conlon not that we're going to be marking them mm. but what I wanted to mention is that they've come on to that team and they've they, they they came on against Donegal. These are two young players as well that we've seen coming through the ranks. And, you know, when you add in Ethan Devine, Dara Campion, um, uh, looking down at Niall Kane, yeah. Ronan Ryan, all these newcomers to the team, great to have two more prospects coming through. Yeah, well, you look at it, and, and four of them guys, um, the two subs you mentioned, Banty Conlon, um, Jason Scully, Ethan Devine, and Dara Campion, they're four products of our under-20 team from last year, yeah. which is a really, really good sign, and it's something that we haven't seen in probably the last decade in Meath. Mm. Guys like that making the that step caliber. up. Yeah, making yeah. the natural step up progression from under 20s to senior and making it look easy like mm. a seamless Back transition killing O'Sullivan probably they're 24 yeah. or 5 and that, that was the 2010 yeah. team yeah so you're talking 9 years and and, and that's kind of synonymous was Squiller the on that was Niall Kane on that team as well uh, I don't know what he'd be no he wouldn't have been no, on the 2010 team no okay. Park Harnan was on that yeah Harry Rooney that kind of few of them Shane McEntee was, McEntee was Shane on McEntee. it yeah Harry Rooney all them Rooney but, but it's something that we've probably it's well documented Mead probably neglected their underage for so long but it's starting to bear fruit now and it's only going to get stronger you have four this year I can guarantee you'll have another four this time next year we'll be yeah. if we're still sitting here please God <laughs> you'll have another well, I four hope, I want to go home I'll come back I'll come back again <laughs> well look before we uh, we finish up lads um, as well just on that Donegal game you know while we're all there for football and we love the GEA and whatever there was also uh, something bigger than that taking place uh, in Donegal at the weekend and uh, it was lovely to see a touch of tribute from the media um, uh, I think it was the uh, secretary was it? Yeah secretary uh, Mairead Delaney yeah. yeah Mairead Delaney who made a, a presentation of a lantern lit with four candles in memory of the four young men who tragically died in the car crash in Donegal last weekend and that was um, the, tr- the four lads were John Harley um, sorry the four lads were Daniel Scott, um, Michael Rorty, um, and John Harley and Sean Harkin. And I suppose um, that was a, a, a lovely tribute for uh, the Mead County Board to make. And well, um, more so, actually, you know, as obviously, as a member of the County Board, it's great that we're getting a lot of good press with this. But actually, more importantly, it's actually the players. The players were the ones that uh, thought of this and actually recommended to do it. So... As I said, I don't like it. a lot of people are saying, well done, me, GA and County Board, but it's actually the players have to take the credit for it. And it just showed that in their preparations for the match that they saw again that the sport is more important. Like, the GA is simply not just Gaelic football hurling and the other things we do. There's more culture and community in that to it. It's great that the players have the mindset to, to Absolutely. think of that. Donegal lost four Gales, like in uh, those four young men were... Panelists was very close friends with them, I believe. I remember from watching the interviews afterwards, the yeah. listening to them, they were brilliant. There was the your man Bonner, the coach said that one player in particular, I can't remember who it was, 
was exceptionally close with the four lads. Yeah, so. um, a huge, huge loss to Donegal GA and to the communities up there. But fair play to the Mead footballers, as Kieran just pointed out. Um, lads, uh, next week, Mead, Armagh, Impact, Hodgson on Sunday. Sunday at 2 o'clock. At 2 p.m. And the ladies are on beforehand against Offaly at and 12 o'clock. Ladies are playing Offaly at 12 o'clock. Um, a double header in Park Tolchin, that'll be a good one. But I suppose looking at the fixtures for next week, um, Mead obviously taking on Armagh, Tipperary taking on Donegal in Tipperary, Fermanagh taking on Kildare, and Clare taking on Cork. Mead are third in division in the division. It's Donegal, it's Kildare, and then it's Mead. Um, so this this game, I suppose, against Armagh, Kieran. Huge game for Mead. Um, Armagh, I think, drew again on the weekend. They did, yeah, and even in a more kind of a dubious fashion, the some of the solicitors were involved. Remember Juventus back in the 90s were <laughs> choosing match fixing. They were paying off the referees to send off the good players to the other Where teams the week beforehand. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm listening. Well, so Jamie Clark got a red card, so the, hopefully there's no accusations coming our way now that the ref was paid off. Or How much? And that was a no comment. Who so. was the ref? Actually, forget who it was now. David Coulter. <laughs> <laughs> it was a mead ref. It was a mead ref. No, it wasn't. Um, but just, yeah, Jamie Clark sent off. Yeah, that's that's a, a huge loss for Armagh going into that game. He's a serious footballer. And like I know he was in New York last year. Uh, and he was playing for New York, but he's back in Armagh. And he's serious. We've had awful trouble with him. Remember a few years ago under the lights in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Morris Stegan was refereeing the game. <laughs> so I won't say any more on that. But uh, <laughs> Jamie Clark kicked an awful lot of frees that day. And he was just getting foul right, left and centre. So... And he's he's produced great football ability since. Like he's, I'm delighted he he's not playing well. But hopefully mm-hmm. the central the the central hearings committee doesn't give him a reprieve. <laughs> no, well, I, I think it was. Uh, I think he struck out. Struck I think it was in. fairly fairly obvious. And looking at the other ones, like Fermanagh taking on Kildare, that's not going to be easy for Kildare. Kildare. Apparently they they struggled with Cork on the weekend and Cork had lo- had a couple of men sent off no, three men sent Kildare, off. Well, no, Kildare had uh, had a man sent off. Okay, just after half time, yeah. yeah, and and you know, in fairness to them, finished very strong. I think it was nip and tuck the whole way up until the last five or ten minutes, and Kildare kicked on. That was a good win. Look, I know Cork aren't in the best of places, but any time you go down to Cork and and get a win is a good result, and I think. Looking at it, you, you would have said Donegal, as you said, and then you'd say Kildare, you know, but on merit would be the next best team, and then yeah. ourselves. It's still in our own hands. You look at it, on Saturday night there was two games played, and there was still two to be played Sunday. Mm. Only one team, which was Donegal, had a 100% record still left yeah. after a round and a half of games. Yeah. There's been four draws in the last two weeks, two in each week, which tells you all you need to know about Division 2. It's mm-hmm. Andy said it from day one, lads, lads teams are going to take points off each other. And, and I'd expect that to continue. For us, it's not must win, but it's 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 damn close. It's probably must not lose on Sunday for and us. That's, like I said, if you're predicting the, the losses and wins at the start, we said the big thing I would have said was Kildare and Donegal are going to be very difficult. That's what we changed. Donegal definitely are definitely probably the best team in the division at the moment, but everyone else seems to have really gone equal at the moment. Like, oh, they have. Like, like I, I said to you, Kildare are not, although Kildare will be on merit second, um, uh, f- like um, last year in their previous yeah, second yeah. favorite, I suppose. Um, but they've lost a couple of players. We yeah. said it. Brophy's injured, and uh, Dan, Flynn, yeah. Dan Flynn is is away traveling. Armagh have come up from Division Three. They're really strong. 
Um, Fermanagh are hard beaten in, in Brewster Park. Kildare are going to have a tough Tipperary. Clare got a, a Clare snatch a draw on the weekend. Against, Arma, uh, from, against from, yeah, Fermanagh got it against Tip and uh, Clare got it against Armagh. They scored you know, so four points in the last like injury time minutes. There was yeah. a good point scored and then there was a high ball into the square and a big fist came in. And I think maybe would be happy that it was a good draw because again we have to go to Clare which is going to be a hard game but more importantly this weekend Armagh going to be tough yeah and the thing about it is is that I don't I don't think Kildare are going to beat Fermanagh on the weekend and if Mead can get a win against Armagh we'll go into second place you know that's like, a massive so, game um, I really do think it's a massive game to just stay up there um, because if a loss against Armagh leaves you yeah. down the other end of that table after all the results so it, look it's a big game but I think that if we can get the level of performance, the scores that we've given them for their performances, the individual players, defensively we look good. Um, just get a couple more scores in the I just a, a kind of call out to the fans and the supporters. I think some some of the messages from Central Council, the G. Put a call out, out in YouTube down yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the lads will be in the car park fighting or whatever. No, 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 thank you. More high class like that in the county board. But the... I don't think the, the Crow Park message about tickets has not been good. Everyone's talking about these price hikes whenever. But people are forgetting it's €15 Euros pre-purchase. And now with the double header coming on with the ladies, like that's always been a major gripe for real Gaelic fans in the county that they've had to miss one game because they're at the other game. So there's going to be two massive league games for our ladies and our lads the weekend. It's still €15 Euros pre-purchase before Sunday night or before Saturday night. So you got to get your ticket. Jackson Kieran and Centre Super you get your ticket support the ladies and the lads and get out there and be a massive crowd our man will bring a crowd so make sure the Mead fans are there mm-hmm. it's not as far as going to Bally Buffet so <laughs> no that's for sure um, and just looking back on it uh, the Mead uh, ladies uh, game from the weekend was postponed it was supposed to be against Sligo uh, and that is postponed so Mead didn't get their this will be their opening which is great too gives a bit of, a bit of kind of a, a passage in the day that they're kind of the opening day is always a big time for the league. Yeah, like, so. yeah, yeah. It's going to be their first game of twenty nineteen in the Little Ladies Division Three. So, um, do get into uh, Park Tolshin and stay warm as well. Get the coats on and the whole lot. I don't know. I don't think there's any other business, lads. Um, have you anything from the county board, Kieran? It's just uh, obviously in the next few weeks the the championship draws to the club that'll be done coming up at the end of February, start of March. Just general, the house draw is going to be kicking up again. Like it's going to just keep an eye on that. The houses are, are coming ticking fast, so we've already had one gone, so two more to be got. So when is the next draw? It's going. I think it's around uh, August. Yes, yeah, August September. The date the date was announced before. We've already announced it. Just I've forgotten it. Oh, right. So it is set in stone, and Mine's I think still a bit hazy, yeah, the, yeah, the third one then is around the Christmas. So it'll be again. It's a great chance for you to support your club, your county, and to win a house. So. Very good. David, want? have you any more business? Anything just just when Kieran says about supporting your club, we're, we're doing a National League forecast. I know I've used to plagued and Brian Kelly's not even here because he just wanted to do round three. <laughs> but uh, we're doing a forecast for the National League over the four divisions. It's three or tenter. It's a bit of crack. Um, you predict every game in the four divisions, 100 quid for the winner. There's 200 in prize money. Um yeah, so if you're if you're looking to take part, contact me on any of the to win. Do you think that's no, absolutely not. We had um, <laughs> we had a guy from Mayo there cashed in there during oh, the weekend, nice. so it'll be great crack that's trying good. to get him the money. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go straight back into the kitty. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for another uh, edition of the We Are Meat podcast. And remember uh, to follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on all social media outlets. Just not in person. <laughs> Just, <laughs> yeah. you know, follow us on the street, anyone. Yeah. Remember, We Are Meat. Why it matters more.